Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. We're back again for another showdown edition, and then we'll run this back one more time on Thursday. Again, silver lining of this mess of a pandemic is we get football twice on Mondays, once on Tuesdays, still get a Thursday game thrown in there. You can't ask for more than that. I'm Dave Lochran with me as he was yesterday and as he probably will be on Thursday as well. Matt Gajeski, follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Gajeski. And joining us one more time, well, not one more time, we got a few shows to go before we start closing out these primetime games. Former defensive end for the Chicago Bears, Alex Brown. He goes by AB. What's going on, Alex? Glad to have you back, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I really enjoy doing this, man. This is awesome. Matt, so last night we had a, 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 a the duo of games. And the Washington football team, I still almost get that wrong. Got to catch myself. Uh, hold up and and knock off the Pittsburgh Steelers for the first loss of the season. And then Buffalo came in against the San Francisco 49ers and just beat the hell out of them on the offensive side of the ball. Now you've got the uh, now you've got the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys, which would have been, I mean, you look at this game at the beginning of the season and you're saying this is going to be an awesome matchup between Two good teams potentially vying for top playoff positions to win their divisions to go far in the in the postseason, but that's not the case. Uh, the, the 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 Ravens lose this game and they're two games out of the wild card spot, and the Dallas Cowboys currently sit in the basement of one of the worst divisions that we've ever seen in the history of the National Football League. So take it away, man. How do you see this one playing out? And uh, is this a, is this a game where you could see the Dallas Cowboys holding on and getting a W as the Washington uh, football team did yesterday in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's a tough game to evaluate with everything Baltimore's essentially gone through. They're playing on a short week because of their COVID situation. They haven't quite returned all of their players yet. Some of them can be activated today. I know a couple of marquee players are still expected to miss this game. And then they're dealing with a lot of injuries. A lot of starters are questionable heading into the game. And I think that will have a big outcome, at least influence on the outcome of the game. Dallas, on the other hand, even with the injuries to Baltimore, I'm still not sure they can keep up given the injuries they've suffered themselves, particularly losing Zach Martin. 
So, AB, uh, oh, you know what? We're happy to have you guys with us. Never want to forget that. Hit that thumbs up if you're just jumping in. Maybe you're watching this after it went live. Uh, you can go back to the beginning whenever you miss anything. And, of course, check it out on all of our podcast platforms. Any po any uh, platform that has podcasts, you can find the Awesome Pod. So do that if you don't feel like doing it on YouTube. But if you haven't subscribed yet and you think along the way we've helped you, maybe we've changed your mindset of how you view DFS. Maybe you've had a nice little payday and you follow us, follow along with these shows every day and enjoy the content. Hit that subscribe. Help us get the 50K. It's greatly appreciated. And it helps you because you'll always know when we're going to go live and when we've got new shows posted. So, A.B., uh, Lamar Jackson said in a podcast or in an interview with Rich Eisen earlier in the season, maybe three weeks ago, that other teams, other defenses specifically, are calling out their plays. And unlike last year, they know what's coming before it comes. And his performance this season, whether it be accuracy or ability to run at will, hasn't been as impressive as it was last year where he won unanimous uh, MVP. How do you see that playing out today? We'll start with the Ravens on the road against this Dallas Cowboys team. So I think the Dallas Cowboy team, they're a, they're a fast defense and they look for little tendencies just like everybody else. So um, I know Lamar Jackson is taking a lot of the heat here, but I mean, it's not him or even the coach. I mean, it could be an offensive lineman that's uh, when he puts his hand in the ground is 80% this or 80% run or 80% pass. Or uh, if a receiver lines up with his right foot up, um, like it, it's, there's a lot of things that play into it. And if you don't self-scout, then you run into these problems where defenses start to know what the hell you're doing. So uh, they got it won't be a lot they need to change, just some little things, some little nuance um, type things that they do just before every snap. Like, I mean, uh, we mentioned Antonio Brown earlier. Antonio Brown gets up to the line, and you always see him kind of do this before. And it's not a run play when he do this, okay? So like, he's ready to catch the ball. He's making sure those gloves are tight. And he's ready to go. So those little things can kind of give it away. You know, Matt, you've got the um, you, you've, you've got the, the Ravens as road favorites here, and they still seem to be getting love uh, from the public in most cases, you know, regardless of what game it is. Although last week with everybody injured, they were 10.5-point uh, dogs, but ended up covering for myriad reasons. But today, or tonight, I should say, they're still missing certain key players. Mark Andrews was one where we didn't know if he was going to play. looks like he won't. Willie Sneed, uh, a couple of offensive players. And then even Nick Boyle uh, is, while it doesn't sound like a big deal, would have been the primary backup tight end to get some work. He had that gruesome injury. He's out. And you're going to be running with guys like Luke Wilson. Uh, Marquise Brown is back. And, of course, the backfield is beginning to get uh, healthy. Well, I shouldn't even say healthy. They get you know activated from the COVID-19 list. But let's keep it going with Lamar here. What do you see in this matchup for him? And uh, then we'll talk pass catchers. Well, he, hopefully Lamar Jackson can rebound. It's been a disappointing season for him. You guys are pointing out potentially it's the defenses figuring out what Baltimore is doing. Luckily, this Dallas defense has struggled in both phases of the game. They're allowing 7.1 yards per pass attempt. That's bottom 10 in the NFL. And they're allowing 4.9 yards per carry. That's tied for the worst mark in the NFL. So Lamar Jackson through the air on the ground. He should have openings to take advantage of this defense. Seven and a half point favorites at home. I may have mentioned they were on the road earlier, but uh, at home. AB, the do you look at do you look at this as a spot for Lamar Jackson that he should be able to to make some noise with his legs? Because when we play this guy, that is what we're looking for, primarily 
the reason we love Lamar Jackson and loved him last year and, and even for large stretches of this year, despite him underperforming, was he can give you 100 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, right? He crossed the 1,000-yard mark by a mile last season, uh, but he also has the ability to make some splash plays to guys like Marquise Brown and, and Mark Andrews when they're healthy. Uh, more than anything, though, what are we doing with Lamar Jackson today as easily the highest-priced player? I just don't know how any way we can get away from him in this matchup. I, you know what? I, I think he's going to be the highest-owned um, guy, especially in the captain position, but I, I, I can get away from it um, because I do believe that as bad as – Dallas has played. They have the athletes on the other side. Those linebackers can run with anybody. And I know he's fast, but everybody runs to the ball. Um, and that's how you stop a guy like that. I mean, I played against Michael Vick, and that was the only way to stop him outside of having Erlacher on the team. So um, as long as we had him, we were pretty good. But you got to run to the ball, and it has to be a collective effort by everybody. So can they slow him down? Yeah. I mean, is he, I mean, he'll probably get 50 yards, um, but can I, I if it's gonna make you different and there's gonna be so many people on him, I mean you just kinda hope for uh, Dallas defense to kind of run to the ball and make him throw it. Don't allow him to run the ball. I still he's still not he hasn't convinced me that he can throw the ball. I'd make him throw it. I'd put I'd have a spy on him, I'd rush three and make him throw the ball in small areas. So that's how you beat Lamar in my opinion. So how does that make you feel about the passing game then? If you're talking, uh, mm-hmm. if you're talking strictly pass catchers right now, before we talk uh, J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins and Mark Ingram and company, you've got mm-hmm. Marcus Brown. His ownership's coming in around forty-two percent. You can check all these ownership projections out at awesomeo.com. Uh, and then outside of that, you've got to drop down pretty far to find another pass catcher that's getting any ownership whatsoever. You're coming all the way down sub-15% to guys like Des Bryant, Devin Duvernay, Luke Wilson. It gets ugly after that. Yeah, I mean, I would, uh, I'm would. i actually looking at uh, Luke Wilson, uh, Duvernay, guys that can make make plays, not necessarily down the field. I think um, Hollywood Brown, he needs the ball. He, they're pushing the ball down the field for him, and I don't think Lamar can do that. What Lamar can do and what Duvernay is good at doing is getting those spot passes, maybe two uh, yard, maybe sometimes even behind the line of scrimmage, and then making a guy miss, and then picking up big yards there. I think that's where they're they're gonna attack um, the Dallas defense um, with short passes because they do have a pass rush. Um, I think they will spy him with one of the linebackers to make sure he doesn't kill him with his with his feet. Uh, so I think that's the way you do it. And Luke Wilson, I mean, I think he's going to look for his tight end. Regardless of whoever the tight end is, he's still going to be looking for that position because this team, as far as the passing game, is built so much around uh, the tight end position. Matt, that drop by Luke Wilson in the end zone at the end of the half last week. Whew. Man, got to come up with that big fella. Maybe he will this week. I'm going to ask you more. Let me ask you more of a targeted question, Matt. First of all, and I know you said you have interest in Lamar Jackson. How do you intend on playing Lamar Jackson, right? Uh, my majority captain spot. Are, are there going to be spots where you play him with, you know, just one pass catcher and a running back? Because I actually have lineups where I'm doing that. I've built some lineups already. Uh, and, and who would your pass catchers be? Would it be Marquise Brown uh, against the Dallas Cowboys team that, let's be fair, this is a Cowboys team that looked like they were turning things around and – I don't know what the hell happened last week. 
four, or on, on Thanksgiving, 41 points allowed three rushing touchdowns to Antonio Gibson. And then against Minnesota, they got beat up pretty bad too. But Philly and Pittsburgh prior to that, they looked a little better. Uh, I still think you have to rate them as, as one of the less impressive teams, even though they've gotten a couple guys healthy on the defense. I'm comfortable with Lamar. I think Lamar's a little bit different than some other quarterbacks we talk about. When we just talk about strategy with DraftKings scoring on the showdown slates, and these quarterbacks generally are coming in with high ownership, we're talking about pocket passing style quarterbacks. And when those quarterbacks hit their ceiling, it's still likely that one of the pass catchers outscores them with the PPR bonuses, the the 300-yard bonuses. Lamar Jackson's different because he gets it done with his legs as well, and his ceiling doesn't necessarily come through the air. I think that gives him a higher likelihood of being in the captain slot than maybe some other quarterbacks that we see typically on the slate, certainly more than Andy Dalton. For that reason, I do have interest in him at the captain slot. 26% is a lot for him there, but he's essentially going to be owned by the entire field everywhere. 84% ownership overall in Lamar Jackson. I'm okay eating that with just a lack of options elsewhere. The thing that I've been thinking about, Matt, is you often hear people say, well, I would never want to play my running back with a running quarterback because they cannibalize each other. And in many cases, that's true. But as seven and a half point home favorites, I'm very much willing to overlook something like that. Baltimore, if they are able to continue moving the change, uh, chains and uh, control the time of possession, you might very easily see an instance where this game plays out that they throw the ball 17 times or something and they just try to run it down the Cowboys' throats who have been gutted on the ground this season. So I'm not opposed to having Lamar Jackson because he can beat, you can run him naked without having to load up on pass catchers because of his abilities with his legs and somebody like JK Dobbins who had 15 carries the last game before, uh, before being placed on the COVID-19 list to Mark Ingram's too. That's a strategy that I'll likely be taking today. And I'm okay with it. I think you could play two runners with Lamar Jackson. I honestly, okay. So you're going next level on me. (laughs) Well, think about it. We're talking about a one-game environment. You're not talking about any other games, opportunity costs. All you're trying to do is soak up the most individual points. In this situation, you laid out where Lamar Jackson throws the ball 17 times. You're probably looking at a Ravens blow, and you're probably looking at a 5-1 Ravens stack on one side or a 4-2 Ravens stack with maybe two Cowboys, one Cowboys on the other side. If they're running the ball that much and Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins both get in the end zone, maybe a pair of times, and you have Lamar Jackson with all the pass volume, that's still an avenue to win a showdown slate, and it'll be contrarian as well. When we're talking about these hard and fast rules with you know DFS and showdown, I think people get it stuck in their minds like, okay, I need to stack my quarterback with one, two receivers, maybe two on a showdown slate. Lamar Jackson's not a normal quarterback, and when you have totals like this where it's lopsided in one direction, you're just trying to soak up points. That's true. I'm not convinced it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think this is a game where they fall behind either because defensively they're still Baltimore Ravens are still very strong. AB, what are we doing with someone like Marcus Brown, who it took Trace McSorley to give him a big game in garbage time on their final drive last week with that monster touchdown uh, catch and run down the sidelines, but everyone else is hurt or on the COVID-19 list. Like what are we doing with Marcus Brown? Man, uh, Mark, I don't know. Mark, he he scares me because he's just not a big dude. So when the way you the way you, you if people get into him, uh, corners get up on him. They can throw knock him off routes, and I, and then the quarterback he's not good enough to put the ball in those small areas. So 
I don't think he's like Duvernay or like um, Des Bryant where he can catch the ball and break a couple tackles and then get 15 yards down the field or even break one long. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't like him, but I do like hearing that he's, uh, what, 42% on? So <laughs> I do like that, but I, I don't like him tonight, honestly. Janar Kass says, A.B. looks like T-Sizzle without the beard. You ever get that comparison? You ever get a Terrell Suggs comparison? You know what? Hell no. That's not a good comparison. <laughs> what? <laughs> Terrell I, Suggs. I don't see it. He's once been known as the ugliest man in the NFL. There's no chance I look like Terrell Suggs. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, around the NFL, he was widely considered the ugliest no. man. Him and Travis Henry. He and Travis Henry were just, ugh, wow. I don't, I don't see it even a little bit. I mean, I don't even see a, a remote comparison. <laughs> they, they probably talking about my guns. You know, that's probably what they're talking that's about. What <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the uh, super chat, Janar, and apparently the insult. See, I didn't, I didn't know that was an insult. I had no idea. <laughs> it was. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, AB, though, are there any other spots on this passing game before we move on that you're willing to look at? Like, you'd be a good guy to ask about Dez Bryant. Is there yep. any gas left in that tank? You know, is Devin Duvernay or Miles Boykin, are they guys that we can look at? I, I like Duvernay. I, I like the guys that's going to catch short passes and turn them into big games. Um, maybe uh, I, I think Duvernay can get uh, can get four or five catches and get an end zone. Um, I do believe uh, I like the tight end spot. Like I said, I mean, I think they run this offense, running the ball, and then they're going to throw the ball to the tight end. Um, that's what I think. And then uh, Dobbins, I, I love Dobbins tonight. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to be probably in. Uh, he'll probably be if I if I just want to get different, and I and I will want to be different. I'll have Lamar, but I might go with Dobbins as, as my captain. I don't mind that at all. I like Dobbins a lot today. Um, Matt, going back to the ground game, because we didn't really dive much into it, we talked a little strategy there, how many were willing to run out there with Lamar Jackson, but we haven't dug into you know, which guys we like. We saw J.K. Dobbins really start to take the reins in that last game. Look, similar to Sean McVay's usage of Cam Akers uh, this past week, where you might begin to see these young guys start to open it up late in the year especially as Baltimore looks to make a playoff push. We saw what Gus Edwards wasn't capable of doing against Pittsburgh. Uh, and then Mark Ingram, you know, he's getting up there in age. He's in the last year of a contract. This could be the time the door might be open for J.K. Dobbins to swoop in and make some noise. He played 63% of snaps in that last game he played to Gus Edwards 20 and Mark Ingram's 12. And we've seen his snap counts rising since week eight, which is pretty encouraging. Yeah, I think they've already played their cards. And you mentioned the snap counts. It's reflected in the touches. He's in double-digit touches in three of his last four games. And what we like about Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, even though he's not the most prolific passer to the running back position, J.K. Dobbins still functions as that passing down back. So if he receives a handful of targets here and there, that's only a positive to his game as well. Now, that this will be a timeshare to some degree. I'm not sure how much We'll see of Ingram and Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins certainly isn't going to play, you know, like a Ezekiel Elliott role or a Saquon Barkley role, but I think he is the 1A in the backfield. I mean, at this point, Matt, I'm worried that, that Mark Ingram is the, is the number three running back. 
He could be. I mean, when he came back from injury, and I don't know how much they were just trying to ease him into action. I have no idea. But his workload was really bad, really low. Snap counts really low behind Gus Edwards. So, A.B., usually when I ask about defenses, I'll ask about the opposing defense first since we're talking about that offense they're going to be going up against. Uh, Do you have any interest? And you know this, guys. You've heard me say it a million times. No stone unturned. we got to hit on everything here. It's only one game, and we see wild things happen. Where How about this? Yesterday, the Millionaire Maker winner, Solo Millie, on the two-game slate, had six Buffalo Bills in his lineup. Six. He had Josh Allen. He had Cole Beasley, he had Stefan Diggs, he had Gabe Davis, he had Devin Singletary, and he had the Bills defense. Six. So we're going to cover everything here because wild shit happens a lot. Uh, that doesn't mean we like the player or the team we're talking about. So, A.B., you have the honor of telling me what you think about the Cowboys defense. Oh, man. Um, I, I think they're a lot different when uh, Gregory plays. Uh, they can get after the quarterback. Um I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe this is a game where they can do that unless they get Baltimore in a lot of second and longs, third and longs. But even then, I think they do short passes. Um, I just don't think that defensive line is going to come into play when we're talking about the passing game. But those linebackers that they have, man, Jalen Smith and Vander Edge, they can fly, man. They can fly, and they. I believe if there's two linebackers in the league that can somewhat contain Lamar Jackson as far as getting on and running, I think these these are the two. Will they get it done tonight? I hope so um, because um, because I know a lot of people will have um, Lamar, and I just I think he'll be contained to some degree and we'll have to resort to those short passes, and I think Dobbins and DuVernay and guys like that will um, benefit from it a lot. So I like the defense as far as the speed and how they run to the ball. And I think that'll play well for them tonight. That's why it's fun to have a former NFL player, because you're not going to hear a lot of other people say, I think that this team has, has the personnel uh, in the linebacking court to actually potentially get to Lamar Jackson. It's definitely an interesting approach. AB, one more to you. What do you think of Justin Tucker since you've been the kicker whisperer on this show recently? <laughs> oh man. Um, whew. It, can, if Dallas does what I think they can do, and as the as the field shrinks, and that's when that's when it gets real tough, and that's when if they're being if they're good against the run, those holes to throw the ball will get even smaller. So he will have some opportunities to get some points tonight. So I do like him. Um, it'll probably come down to him and oh man, um, maybe if I'm gonna play Gallup. Let me see where. Where is uh, what is his? Who are you looking Tucker, for? Tucker, Tucker's four thousand. Gallup yeah. is forty four hundred. So it'll probably come down to them too. I mean, I do I like Gallup. I think I think Gallup will be a guy that that can get you those two three catches down the field. Um, I do think that, but I think it's more likely you're going to get more points from Tucker than you do Gallup. So um, I do like Tucker. I like Tucker uh, more than Gallup tonight. Yeah, you just I, you just hey, you just allow me to talk myself into that. <laughs> there it is, Matt. What do you think about uh, Cowboys defense and Justin Tucker as a, as your kicker option today? If you need to get cheap somewhere, I the Dallas defense is I like them for everything. AB laid out. I love Randy Gregory too. Randy Gregory is a phenomenal player. I'm finally happy he's playing. I love the linebackers. As far as their DFS potential, Lamar Jackson is just not going to throw the ball enough for them to get 
I think, value unless Dallas ends up with a lead in this game. We, we have seen games get way out of whack with game script in the past, but I just don't see Dallas taking advantage of the, the Baltimore Ravens here and being ahead when the game is projected for the Ravens to win by seven and a half. So if the Ravens aren't throwing, I just don't see the turnover opportunities. Hey, guys, we got a giveaway going on today as well. Thursday night football. Whenever we got these prime time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Games, we like to give stuff away for free. Why not, right? If you go and check the pinned tweet out at uh, Osimo underscore com, you will be able to see the rules for the Tuesday night football giveaway you get a free year of Awesomeo Plus NFL. All of our NFL content at awesomeo.com, entirely free for the year. All you have to do is guess or predict whether Lamar Jackson or Andy Dalton throws for more yards tonight, and one random winner will be selected among the correct guesses. So check that out at awesomeo.com. Follow the rules on the pin tweet. And, uh, hey, while you're at it, don't forget to follow our boy Alex Brown. You can follow him at Alex Brown. Uh, 896, follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, myself at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And if you love showdown content, all of our showdown content is available for under $4 a week, $3.95 a week. It's the NFL Express package. You get the projections, the ownership, the top plays tool. It takes all of the probabilities into account. And then for the main slate stuff, for the other games, you're still going to get rankings. You're still going to get the Express top stack tool, the Express lineup builder. A lot of things go into this for less than $4 a week. You're not going to find it anywhere else. No other DFS site is going to have content and tools as good and as useful as this for less than $4 a week, especially when, and I've paint, I pointed this out, we're getting so much showdown, so many showdown games that this is the best opportunity to take advantage of. We're going to have Saturday night games coming up. We have a Friday Christmas day game coming up. We had three showdown games this week. Well, four, as a matter of fact, because two yesterday, it's insane. So all showdown content is for less than $4 a week, plus other stuff for the main site. Go to awesomeo.com slash join to check that out. I think you will enjoy it. And if you want to check out the other stuff, Awesome Plus Platinum, you can go weekly, monthly, annually. We've got something for anybody's budget. So if you want everything for every sport they have, well, you can check that out as well. Matt, uh, Zach Martin is done. And I think that's something we should probably be talking about here as we pivot to the Dallas side of the ball. How worried should we be about their inability to run the football. Um, what do you think, just based on the offensive line in general, that pass protection looks like today? We'll start there. Uh, how do you think Andy Dalton holds up against this Baltimore defensive front? Oh, poorly, because Zach Martin's <laughs> not the only defensive lineman or the offensive lineman they're missing. They're down Cameron Irving. They've been yeah. down a number of other starters the entire year, Lyle Collins. Uh, Dalton's not necessarily known for his mobility. I'm not sure he's going to be able to navigate pressure. And I mean, the Ravens are down Matt Judon, Brandon Williams, Clayus Campbell. They're both questionable. Even Broderick Washington, who's just a depth defensive lineman for them, questionable. Jalen Ferguson, questionable. Like, that's the entire Ravens starting defensive line, and I still think they're able to get pressure tonight. What about you, A.B.? Do you uh, have some concerns about Andy Dalton's ability to stay upright? 
Not if they can run the ball, I don't. Uh, if they can, uh, if Ezekiel gets going or even Pollard gets going, um, I think that the play action comes into play. And I think they have three pretty dang good receivers that can uh, that can get open. Uh, I think what he'll have to do tonight is cipher when they're going to come with that all-out blitz and they're one-on-one and then give your guys a chance to make uh, to make a play on the ball. I think that's getting Cooper one-on-one, uh, Gallup one-on-one, or even C.D. Lamb one-on-one. I mean, those are the opportunities they're going to have tonight. And they'll have a few. They just got to connect on them. Tanner Burton says, not even close to T-Suggs. There you go, man. We we, ba- we balanced Thanks. it out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so then, all right, you know what? This like because I, I want to I want to be able to, to for us to tell a story here with this game. So, AB, if you think that that he can stay upright in the event, or assuming that the run game that the run game kind of stabilizes this offense, do you think the run game will be able to stabilize this offense? Will they be able to move the chains because? My God, Ezekiel Elliott has had a rough season. Much of that can be attributed to the fact that they've played behind in a lot of games. Others can be attributed to the fact that the offensive line hasn't held up. He's had some fumbling issues too. But um, I guess where do you stand on someone like Ezekiel Elliott, who is, I was actually surprised, coming in with the third highest ownership of anyone on the slate? Yeah, I, I think it's been a combination of all of it, right? So it's just the fumbling, the, the offensive line. Uh, there's no cohesiveness there um, with that offensive line. And what we've come accustomed to over the past few years is that that Dallas offensive line is going to be really good. They're just not that anymore, even though they have the receivers out wide. And you would think people still won't stack the box, but they're doing it to stop the run and making, um, making Dallas throw the ball. Uh yeah, I do. I, I think they will be able to run the ball, whether that's with Zeke or with Pollard. Um, I actually like Pollard um, a little bit more probably than other people, but he's just a little more explosive, man. He's just uh, – he doesn't have anything. He's not worried about fumbling the ball. And when a running back is worried about fumbling the ball, he doesn't hit the hole like he normally would. So uh, Zeke is a great play, I think, um, with uh, defensive line and shambles. I'm not sure uh, who's all going to play, but – if Calais Campbell isn't in there, they've been a different defense. Um, they're just not the same. So I don't know. They don't scare me as far as uh, Zeke getting the touches. If Zeke gets 18 touches, I think he can go for 70 yards. And I think that might be enough to give them some opportunities down the field uh, with Andy Dalton in play action. All right, Matt, to play devil's advocate, Ezekiel Elliott, since uh, Dak Prescott went down, he's averaging 10 fantasy points per game. Do we see improvement there today uh, or do we see another spot where like four of the last five games he's been involved in, he's coming under 10 fantasy points. Yeah. I have no idea how he does fantasy wise, but as far as his usage goes, it's been decreasing pretty steadily. And the game script here does not indicate strong usage for Ezekiel Elliott. Again, just 11 touches last game, Tony Pollard, six touches. That's not fantastic. And you're looking at negative game scripts. So that doesn't project for Ezekiel Elliott to be heavily used tonight. Dallas could get up in the game, however, and he could receive 20 touches. If you're playing that scenario, Ezekiel Elliott's a fine play to me, but most likely situation, Ezekiel Elliott is not going to see a voluminous workload. What about Tony Pollard then? If he's, if Elliott's coming in at 10,200 in the flex spot and Pollard is 2,600, is there merit to saying, hey, maybe I'll take some shots with him? Maybe Zeke fumbles again, right? He's, he's, lost, he's fumbled six times in his last 11 games. He lost another fumble on Thanksgiving Day against Washington. 
Is there is there an, an avenue here where Tony Pollard gets worked in and actually becomes the better uh, option at running back? I think it's more a price thing than I think Tony Pollard is going to really siphon into Zeke's workload. He's going to play to some degree, but he's still only receiving about a quarter of the touches. It becomes a conversation because this slate isn't particularly heavy on value. So you might have to play a guy like Tony Pollard just to relieve some salary. And I think he sees just enough touches for that to be viable. All right. AB, your thoughts on Tony Pollard. You touched on it a little bit, though. Uh, is there is there any justification to just going real cheap? Maybe you have Dobbins in your lineup. Maybe you have Amari and you have Lamar Jackson, and you need to get someone that's inexpensive in order to open all that up. Is Tony Pollard one way for you to do that, or would you look elsewhere? Uh, if, if I'm not going to play Zeke, um, then, then, yeah, I mean, I guess you can get different that way, but – I'd rather have um, a guy like, I don't know, uh, Duvernay, honestly. I, I love Duvernay, man. I, I think he's going to get some get some good play tonight. I think that's where he'll go with those passes. So I'd rather have him. Um, but you, you're right. If, if Zeke fumbles early and it, the Baltimore Ravens are their ball hawks now. They're going after the ball and they smell blood in the water. And previously, you watch that film and you see him fumbling. That's what they're going to go after. So you get a fumble early from Zeke then um, Pollard becomes very viable and in a lot of lineups because he doesn't come off the field, especially if he's, if it gets to be that type of game script where they're from behind, then he's going to be the guy in there. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, he, he could be a really good play. Man, that's a good point. And that, that's something I forgot about. Um, the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the league when it comes to stripping the ball out of a pass catcher or, or a uh, ball carrier's hands. And we see them do that. You're right. A lot. I mean, they're vicious with that. They come see the, the thing I hate about being an Eagles fan is the Eagles AB will come in and try to strip you, but they'll forget about the tackling part. Right. So they'll come in and they'll try and get the ball. They'll miss. And then the guy's gone down the sidelines for a 40 yard touchdown with the Ravens they'll wrap you up and still be able to strip the ball out of your hands. I mean, the technique there for someone that's never played football in in the NFL, the technique looks pretty sound. It's um, you know what they they're, they're really sound at doing it. Um, But I'll tell you this, that back in 2004, five and six, when peanut hadn't really mastered his um, peanut punch, he would do the same and he'd be punching at the ball and the guy's driving him and getting four or five more extra yards. And I'm like, Peter, just make the damn tackle, man. Come on. Like just make the tackle. You could not give it. Now we got to fight for a second and two where it should have been second and eight. So it's just, I mean, and once he perfected it, I mean, everything is um, forgiven then, but uh, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from on that one. Yeah, Matt, it's uh, it's, it's tough to say. I don't know. Look, you have to, be able to look at all these games from different perspectives and different angles because weird stuff happens. We know that weird stuff can always happen. And maybe this is a spot where the the Dallas Cowboys go down early and Tony Pollard starts to get worked in. Nobody should forget here too, that the, the Cowboys are, despite how bad they've been, they're not eliminated from the playoffs. Like a win today keeps their playoff hopes alive while they may be faint. And while no one believes that they have a chance, they'd still be alive. Uh, and Baltimore, meanwhile, needs to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive. So while it's probably going to be an ugly game, it's actually a really important game, too. And that leads me, Matt, to the wide receivers and the pass catchers here. 
Uh, Dalton Schultz this season has seen a ridiculous amount of routes run, a large amount of targets. He hasn't really seen them materialize into all that much, but the opportunities have been there. I want to start with uh, Amari Cooper, though, coming off a strong game with Andy Dalton back in the mix. Matter of fact, with Andy Dalton back, Amari Cooper has been pretty solid. Let's start with him because he's the most expensive of these pass catchers for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the wide receiver room is interesting to look at for Dallas. The target shares are really condensed in recent weeks. Amari Cooper's target volume is really front-loaded this season. His target volume is essentially the same as Michael Gallup, the same as C.D. Lamb. So I just, unless you have the salary, you find a lineup you really like where you're like, okay, I have 1K or I have the captain pricing up right now. So I see 14-4 for Amari Cooper. If you just have the extra salary, I'm fine with playing him. But if you're struggling for salary, I don't see any reason just to not pay down to Gallup because his target volume is literally the same over the last four games. Yeah, it is. Um, I really liked Gallup coming into the season. I, I remember tweeting, hey, his ADP is in the 80s and, and late 70s and, and Amari Cooper's is in the late 20s. You know, you're getting a guy that had the same opportunity, same volume of targets last season, even a slightly higher target share. You got to go with Gallup. But Gallup, man, he just completely fell off with Dak Prescott at the helm. Uh, A.B., who do you like among the pass catchers for the Cowboys? You already mentioned they have three guys that are really good. CeeDee Lamb's going to be a stud. He made a catch the other week against Minnesota that I think is the best catch of the season with the way that he manipulated his body to get around on that. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, and then Gallup, and you've got Amari Cooper, too. Oh, man. I, this one, I think I, I honestly think it's just a crapshoot. Um, you, you just you never know. Whoever gets hot, whoever um, Dalton's is, is – it's feeling like he has a feel for uh, that particular game. I mean, I think that's where that's who could get all the um, all the targets, man. Um, I don't like. Oh man, I I actually like the Ravens' defense, um, so I would probably steer clear of all of them. But if I had to go one, I mean, I like Schultz uh, the best. Um, but if I had to go one, I'm going with I'm definitely going with Cooper. Uh, I just, he is the guy. I mean, Cooper is the number one. Yeah, wow. Gallup can get the get two balls down the field. Um, he can get some air yards, uh, but Cooper is the guy. Cooper is the only one, I think, that if he's going well, he's the one that will see 12, 13 targets. So that's the one. Yeah, I like Cooper a lot today, too, and I found ways to get him into lineups pretty easily. Uh, and another thing, Matt, let me ask you about, this matchup for CD lamb. I know on this show and on the channel, we don't worry too much about cornerback wide receiver matchups, but I always do try and make it a point that when you have multiple good pass catchers on your team, I actually pay attention to it a little bit more. And maybe that's a blind, maybe, maybe that's a leak on my part that I'm doing it wrong. But when you have three different guys that you can get the ball to that are really talented, sometimes when someone's locked in a matchup, that's a lot more difficult not to say it's a shadow matchup, you might look elsewhere a little bit more, even if it's not intentional. And g given the fact that CeeDee Lamb has run 93% of his routes out of the slot this season, and Marlon Humphrey is notorious for locking guys down in slot coverage, maybe that does open things up for the other two receivers, and CeeDee Lamb could be the guy that's potentially the odd man out. Yeah, we could see it. I don't really have a strong argument for or against the coverage from 
Marlon Humphrey. So if you do think this is a factor, just play one of the other ones because like Gallup has the same targets as CD Lamb. Mari Cooper has the same targets as CD Lamb. That's not something I personally use, but if you do think it matters and that's the reason you want to get away from CD Lamb as a tiebreaker for three guys literally seeing the same volume, I'm fine with it. What do you think about the coverage in, in this game, AB? Someone that's played the game uh, on the defensive end of the ball, to be exact. Jimmy Smith, <clears throat> excuse me, has been really good this year. Marcus Peters is a gambler, but, you know, he can make big plays. And then Marlon Humphrey uh, is one of the better cornerbacks in the league as well. Uh, we can't avoid all of them because, well, it's one game. But uh, what do you see in these three guys from week to week? Um, I, hold on, my my daughter is uh one, one she wants to participate sorry uh, <laughs> I, I think uh <clears throat> the, I, I like these guys going I, I think they'll they'll stay up to the challenge of um of these three guys I think they've been hearing all week um on how good these three receivers are I think that's what they've been hearing um and just they got to take on a challenge I'm sure Harbaugh is challenging them because they want to bring pressure they want to they want to make sure they stop the run game. And the type of right. defense they play, I'm sorry, and the type of defense they play, a 3-4, you sometimes it's like a gap and a half that um, you play. But when you when you send a blitz, you send the linebackers. Everybody goes in a gap then. So, and it makes it simplifies the defense a little bit. And it gets pressure if it is a pass. And it makes those, it makes those corners go one-on-one. So, I think they'll be up for the challenge. I think they will go. Um, and I think a lot of those balls will come out and go to Schultz. That's what, I, that's, that's what I'm anticipating happen because he can't hold the ball that long. I like that. And, yeah, by the way, you were breaking up on us a little bit. I wasn't Sorry. trying to cut you off there. I thought you were frozen, so I was trying to make the save. Uh, <laughs> Matt, what do you think about Dalton Schultz? I think Dalton Schultz is fine. He also has essentially the same target volume as C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. It's just a little bit lower. So I think this is another price play. If you just have the salary to get up to Schultz, I think he's a fine play, but otherwise Gallup has better targets. All right. Um, all right, then Matt, let's do this before we build our lineup and get out of here. What do you think about the kicking situation? Number one. And what do you think about the Baltimore? So Greg Zerloin or Baltimore defense? Yeah, they're two of the best kickers in the NFL. If you just want to talk about kicker talent, I don't think either of them are going to have any. I Didn't um, Tucker miss one last time you and I had this conversation? Yeah, when I said he never misses kicks. <laughs> yeah, so he that was like the first kick I can remember him missing. Oh, wait, no. You, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he did. I'm looking at it now. I don't Was it – what game was that? Was that – that was Pittsburgh, right? He didn't even attempt one. Maybe it was some other – maybe it was some other team. I don't recall. But anyway, it doesn't matter because Justin Tucker – and Zerline are both two of the best kickers in the NFL. So they should be lights out from wherever. With a low-scoring environment, we're projected to see a middling total here, about 45 and a half. I think you can mix in your kickers just fine. All right. Uh, A.B., close out this game for us. Greg Zerloin, Baltimore defense, floor yours. <clears throat> oh, man. I, I like Baltimore's defense. Um, I think they can score. Uh, I think they'll get a chance to, to score tonight. I think they get a couple of turn takeaways. Uh, but, I mean, you can't make the argument um, for Zerline getting two 40-yard field goals or maybe even a 50-yard uh, attempt. Uh, it's just a matter of if, if he's going to knock it through. So I think both come out around the same in the end. Um, but I would go with 
I would go with Baltimore's defense um, on this one. I just think that they have they have a higher ceiling. Um, if they can get the ball, if they can get one of those takeaways and put it in the end zone, then they're they're gonna um, they're gonna help out a lot. All right, we got to do this quick because I got another show coming up. It's the first look for week 14. God, the season's going by quick. Uh, Sal Vetri, Ben Rasa, and myself will be back in just 15 minutes on the Awesome O YouTube channel. So be sure to hang out with us and, uh, you know, get your first look for this upcoming slate. Let's do it, boys. We'll build one lineup. We'll assume large field GPP, the, uh, the showdown special, 500K to first. AB, I'm going to give you the honors. Of starting it off with picking a captain. Dobbins, baby. I'm going with Dobbins all day. All right. I'm with it. I have no problem with that. Matt, give me a flex. I love Dobbins, too. Let's play Lamar Jackson in the flex. Just eat up the player with the highest projection. All right. Fair enough. Now, I'm going to um, – I'm plugging Marcus Brown in. I, I know he hasn't been good this year. Totally understandable. But we haven't seen an instance with Lamar healthy – and Mark Andrews also out where Willie Sneed is also out. So if there's a way to prove, if there's ever a time to prove something where you are clearly supposed to be that guy, it's going to be Marcus Brown. And here's why I like him. Even in a low passing volume offense where we already have a running back and a quarterback, Marcus Brown only needs a couple. He only needs one or two to, to rip it off for 50, 60 yard touchdown. So we've got Dobbins captain Lamar, Marquise Brown and 6,100 per player remaining. AB, who do you have? Um, Ravens defense. Okay. Matt, Ravens defense. We got 6,250 remaining two players. All right. I would like to play Gallup and then see what stud we can get. Okay. Fair mm. enough. So if you play Gallup, it gives you enough for basically nobody. Okay, so then maybe we go up to like Schultz or CD and take a balance approach. Yeah, you could do that. Yep, you could go, you could go with Dalton Schultz, and then it would land you at fifty two hundred. Then you could get CD Lamb in there as well. Yeah, I like that more. Yep, that's solid. You can also go. The thing is, like, say you wanted to be different. Remember, it's a large field tournament. If you wanted to go Tony Pollard, that gives you enough to get Amari Cooper as well. If you guys like Amari, I know you're not big on him, Matt, but you could go Dobbins, Captain, Lamar, Marcus Brown, Ravens, Tony Pollard, and Amari Cooper. If Pollard has a decent, even a seven, eight point game, that could be enough. So uh, I think there's a lot of way to make a lot of ways to make this work. It's a fun game, and we're gonna have a hour and a half of live before lock tonight live before live before lock and then live before lock so join us we lock at 805 which means we'll so that means we'll be going live around 6 30 6 35 eastern time join us hang out stick around in just 10 minutes we got the first look show and remember follow a b alex brown uh is it 86 or 96 I was fucking 96 come 96. on I know, man. I know. Sorry, I was an Eagles fan. All the years I was chasing Donovan McNabb, you didn't see 96. I'm not good with numbers, dude. I'm real bad with the numbers. I don't know the numbers on the guys on my own team. Uh, And Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski. No numbers there. Makes my life a lot easier. Follow me at Lafayette underscore D and Awesomeo at Awesomeo underscore com. Thanks for hanging out, guys. We'll be back with you Thursday. More football coming up on the uh, Sunday or the strategy show right here at Awesomeo.com.